0: What a joy to be back in our church family. Thank you very much for your prayers. And indeed, God has been very, very good. Last Monday, I had a procedure at Hartford Pain Center in Farmington. So wonderful that nothing comes in our life by surprise. Even the sickness is ordained by God for his glory, if you look at that way. And I have seen this doctor last two years. And uh, when they rolled me in the OR and put me, and the anesthesiologist came and put the oxygen and all, one of the nurses came up and he said, you are the pastor, isn't it? The yes, last time you prayed and I still remember your prayer. Would you like to pray again for us? I was, I was about to say that. I'm going to pray for you. So the anesthesiologist standing by, doctor came and the nurse said, doctor, before you do, pastor, want to pray for us. Oh, that would be wonderful prayer time. And uh, it was so wonderful. To God be the glory. I tell you, God be the glory. And I'm praying for those doctors and all. And the next time I'm going to take something for them and pray for Dr. Jonathan, Linda and other nurses. And uh, I'm going to witness to them. They know now where I stand and who am I. So it's wonderful, wonderful. Paul writes that we are living letters of God and people read us, whether you know or not, but people do read us. And uh, it's wonderful when they see Christ, the hope of glory in us. It's wonderful. Um, This Sunday, uh, morning Bible study, I'm, g- I'm going to take over now. Pastor Marty has trusted me for that Bible study. And uh, I'm going to start the doctrines of the Bible. It's going to be wonderful. The first introduction this coming Sunday would be introduction of the Bible. Introduction of the Bible. And then st- uh, st- uh, step by step, I'm going to take almost 17 doctrines of the Bible. It is going to be... A t- tremendous, so bring note and pencil and everything. You can write, and we are going to have a wonderful time in the study. And God willing, the evening service, Pastor Marty, after a couple of Sunday or more, uh, I'm going to take over, Uh, I'm going to, I'm preparing right now, uh, the high view of God of the Old Testament saints, like Abel, we have the whole Bible, Abel did not have the Bible, but how he viewed God in his worship. Then comes Enoch, then comes Noah, then comes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and Moses, and all. It's going to be a tremendous, going to be a study of, I think, seven years program. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward that you will be, it will be marvelous that how in God's economy, worship comes first. Worship comes first. Abel stands for worship. Enoch stands for how to walk. When you have a right view of God in worshiping, then you have a right view of walking. And then when you you have a right view of walking, then you are going to be witnessing to other people. And Noah stands for a witness. So that is going to be a tremendous study, I tell you. And you will be blessed as we go on. So that is, I'm just laying down the line, outline what we are going to consider in the days to come. And my heart's desire that the highest view of God demands highest view of lifestyle. The the more highest view of God you have, your lifestyle would be according to the view of God. And as a as an under-shepherd of God, that is my heart's humblest desire that we would have the highest view of God so we can build our faith, our character, our children, our lifestyle. And wherever we are, we become a living letter. Christ is the hope of glory in us and through us. So that is my heart's humble desire. So pray for as I since four months I'm preparing this, so I'm really looking forward to minister to everyone here. So last week we had a Passion Week. We traveled from Mount of Olives to Gethsemane, and then from Golgotha to Resurrection, and then coming days we are going to see Ascension of Christ. Last Sunday, we had a wonderful service, and I, I told Pastor Mahdi, I said, I tremendously enjoyed, and those who came, was, I'm sure they were blessed much more than we expected. Only the time in eternity will tell. So what I'm going to say this evening, that what are the imperatives of the resurrection? What do we, what God expects from us? Knowing the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what is, what he wants us to? That is the focus of this evening exposition. So would you please turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Would you please stand to honor God's word. Matthew gospel chapter 28 and verses 1 through 10. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 And we shall read responsively. one verse I will read, and the next verse you will read out loud together. In In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. An angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. <laughs> and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold he goeth before before you into Galilee there shall ye see him lo i have told you and as they went to tell his disciples behold jesus met them saying all hail, and they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Let's pause for a moment, wait upon the Lord. Almighty God, our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we are delighted, Lord, that you have brought us together in the house of God as we are standing on this holy ground. What a privilege, O God, that we can all come together under the authority of your word. And as we listen, Holy Spirit of God, illuminate our mind and our heart. Give us the obedient heart to obey your word. Give the hearing ears, O God, that we may hear. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, my rock, my redeemer, and our soon-coming king. Amen. Please be seated. The four imperatives of the resurrection. Before we get into the four imperatives, I would like to start the way of introduction. The central event of God's redemptive history, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our faith. Everything we are, everything we have, everything we hope for, anchored on the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you remove the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you have no Christianity. The message of the scripture is always the message of the resurrection hope. Peter so beautifully summed up in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Thanks be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us the living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what Peter says. So the message, that the death, message of the resurrection is that death has no big deal in the life of the believer. Message has no big deal in the life of the believer, especially those who belong to God of the Bible. God of the Bible. In Jesus Christ's death, has never been the end, but that leads to the eternity with God. If you travel with me, Abraham, in Genesis chapter 22, God asks Abraham, Abraham, sacrifice your son unto me in Mount Moriah. Remember that? And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 19 says, that Abraham was willing to obey God's command to sacrifice his only son because in in faith he considered God is and God was able to raise his son from the dead. Hebrews 11 verse 19. Psalmist writes in Psalm number 73 and verse 24. He says, God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol For he will receive me to glory. The prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 19. He proclaims, your dead will live, their corpses will rise. Daniel the prophet assures that God will raise even the dead. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2, to the everlasting life. Furthermore, Daniel also writes that there will be resurrection of the wicked as well as the righteous. The wicked as well as the righteous. Job, everything was taken away. And what did he say in Job chapter 19, verse 25, 26? He profoundly declared, I know that my Redeemer liveth. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Job said, I know my redeemer liveth and he will take stand as uh, on the earth even after my skin is destroyed yet in my flesh I shall see God. Such has been the promise of hope of God's people throughout the history of Old Testament history. The blessed hope predicated on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is his resurrection guarantees our resurrection. It's his resurrection guarantees our resurrection. Paul, beloved apostle of Jesus Christ, Believed and he declared in First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20 and 21-22. Now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, and also Christ all shall be made alive. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single greatest event in the history of the world. It is so foundational of Christianity that no one who denies it can be a Christian. Without resurrection, Jesus Christ, without resurrection, there is no hope of eternal life. Without resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no heaven, nothing to look forward. It based on John chapter 11 verse 25 where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Turn the pages of the world religion which is man made. All the religious leaders died and went with the wind, but only one came out from the grave, and he is Jesus Christ. And he's the one who said, I am the resurrection and life. And furthermore, he said in John chapter 14 and verse 19, because I live, you shall live also. What a, what a promise. What a promise. <laughs> That's why I always say, we are looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. What are the four imperatives? Come, see, go, and tell. Come, see, go, and tell. If you tested the love of the Calvary, and the reality of the risen Christ, then you have no option. But then you live with four imperatives. Come, see, go, tell. According to Matthew's record, Peter, nor John, nor Andrew, or or James saw the resurrection. They, they did not have the privilege to see the risen Lord on that Sunday morning as he has been raised. Only women had a privilege because they were the last at the cross and they were the first on the resurrected day at the tomb. The risen Lord met them on their way home after they had gone to the tomb seen the angel and heard about Jesus' resurrection, the angel's message was for imperatives, come. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 6, it is recorded by Matthew. And he says, he is not here for his reason, as he said, come. Come. This is the first extended invitation by an angel the angels are the ministering spirits for the God's redeemed people. Angels are not for everybody, friends. According to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, they are ministering spirit for the redeemed people. Isn't it true? Have you ever experienced, friends? We have experience. We have experience. When we moved here in Connecticut, our Kenneth's wife was severely sick, about to die, and we were called in, we left Bakerville, on the way to California. She had a multiple stroke at the age of 29, and doctor told that my son, he, he told my son that prepare for the funeral service, and we were all getting ready from here to prepare, we prepared mentally, We went there, long story short. First, when we reached August 1st, 2009, she was, they had a five hour surgery on the brain. And we stayed whole day and then the evening we went back at 11 o'clock at Kenneth's apartment. And then two o'clock Kenneth got the phone call from the doctor that Jenny had a massive heart attack and we are losing her. So we immediately rushed to the hospital, get this, the whole hospital was gated. You cannot get into the hospital. It's 2 o'clock. Who will open the door? And we parked the car. As we were getting into closer and closer, there was a man standing for us. And he opened the door for us. And we enter into, and we look back. There was no man. There was no man. And we believe it with all our heart God had dispatched his angel just to open the door so we can get into, and he disappeared. God has sent the angel to minister Mary Magdalene. God also sent the angel when the Son of God was born. Remember, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 10, Do not be afraid to the shepherds. I bring you great news for you, great joy. The city of David, the son of God has been born. Do not be afraid for I know you seek Jesus Christ. The angels were intensely interested in the process of the redemption because the Lord creator was involved from the beginning to the end. You know, one of the powerful words that angels were looking into the redemptive history, you find in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Powerful word. That angels were looking, what is going to happen? So when Jesus cried out, it is finished, the angelic choir sang in heaven, the work of the redemption is finished. The work of the redemption is finished. Before they came to the tomb, they might have discussed about the sealed stone and the guards. But when they came, they found out that the stone was rolled away. And the soldiers, those who were guarding the tomb, they fled into the city. As they came, they might have said, we can't go near because Rome forbids us. They might have risen. This is the sacred gown. We can't go closer. While they were pondering all these things, they heard an angel come. Come. There was a voice of God through angel. Throughout the, pre- throughout the preaching of the kingdom of God, the Lord always invited people to Come. Come. Come to me, I'll give you rest. Let us reason together. If your sin has called it, be there shall be white as snow. Beloved, what a powerful message for the hurting people. Where else they can go than hear the word, come. Are you hurting my daughter? Are you hurting my son? Come. I have a place for you. I will help you. Come, all you heavy laden, I will give you rest. Tell me any religious leader ever invited his worshippers? come, and I will give you rest. No one. The message, imperative message of the resurrection, come, my daughter, come, my son. Put your burden on me, and I will take care of you. Come. Second imperative word is see. He is not here. He is risen as he said, come and see. What would you like to see in the tomb? Charles Spurgeon, the great British prince of preacher, had a five points regarding this. What would you like to see in the tomb? When angel invited, come and see. According to Charles Spurgeon, he suggested five things. And listen, this is powerful. We would see in Christ's grave the condescension of Jesus Christ. Jesus was not man for whom the death would be natural. Jesus is God. God of the universe in the person of Jesus is lying in the he was laid down in the grave. The grave speaks about that. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, he is the image of the invisible God. He was the image of the invisible God. Think what Peter missed because of the denial of Christ. Think James and Matthew, they missed everything. Jesus told them several times that this is going to happen. He's going to be risen. But they missed it completely. We would never expect Jesus to die. We would never expect Jesus to die, but he did die for us. We should marvel at the condescension of such an amazing God that he should die He should die and place in the tomb. Secondly, Charles, uh, Charles Spurgeon says, we should see the horror of our sin, as you see in the, in the grave, horror of our sin, for it was for our sin, that Jesus Christ was put there. The law says the soul who sin must die. So the death is the punishment for sin. But Jesus had no sin. He was sinless. Why then Jesus die? Why then Jesus died? The answer is given by Isaiah chapter 53 verse five, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his strife, we are healed. We are healed. When we look at the tomb, we began to see the horror of our sin. And we develop the proper hatred of sin. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, verse 10, For in that he died, he died unto sin once. Jesus died unto sin once. In regard to sin's penalty, he met the legal demands upon the sinner. Sin's penalty is eternal damnation in hell. Sin's penalty is eternal damnation in hell. In regard to sin's power, forever breaking its power over those who belong to him. So there are double cure. There are double cure. The wrath of God against sin and the power of sin in the human life. The power of sin in human life. Thirdly, Charles Spurgeon says we should look into the tomb to be reminded that we too will die unless the Lord comes and takes us home. Fourthly, the important, the fourth reason, the fourth uh, cause, Charles Spurgeon says that most important, we must look into the tomb to see that Jesus is not in it. His risen, as he said, and he has conquered death. The empty tomb speaks that he lives. Empty tomb speaks he lives. And fifth reason Charles Spurgeon gives that we should look into the tomb is to learn that we should also rise, as Jesus did. As Jesus did, he came to save his own. And he will take us to heaven one day because he lives. The third imperative, come, see, and then he says, go. I I was remembering when Peter, James, and John had been to the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter, James, and John saw the glory of God at the face of Jesus Christ. And Peter was so taken away. He said, Jesus, I can build the tabernacle here. We can stay here. And what did Jesus say? We have to go. We have to go. It is a strong reminder that however tempting it may be to remain near, but we have a job to do. We have a job to do. Go and tell. Go. Go. You know, in John writes in chapter 20 and verse 17, when Mary Magdalene found out that he is a gardener, he thought he th- she thought he's a gardener. And then Jesus says, Mary, and uh, Mary says, Raboni, my teacher. And then what did Jesus tell her? She wanted to cling to Jesus. She wanted to cling to Jesus. King James version uses the word touch me not New King James Bible writes cling me not do not cling me go and tell my brethren go and tell my brethren and what did he say in John chapter uh, Matthew chapter 28 19 20 go into the world and preach the gospel And make the disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. John writes in chapter 20, verse 21, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Go. That is the third imperative. That imperative is not an option, but an obligation. Friends, it's an obligation for us to go. That's why we came from India. Because it was the command of God to come here and preach the gospel. And the fourth imperative is tell. The last of the... It is rightly came last for we have come to the tomb. Have seen that tomb is empty. Knowing that Jesus was raised and then, then they obeyed Jesus Christ. If if they obeyed Jesus Christ, then they would be the true witnesses of Jesus Christ. The apostolic proclamation throughout the Pentecost and throughout the Acts of the Apostles, you will find the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the main theme. Come, see, go, and tell that Christ is risen and bring people in the kingdom of God. Go and tell that death is defeated. Christ is risen. There was a missionary in a remote part of India. One early morning, he heard donkey, or not, dog was crying loud. At four o'clock, he opened the door and he saw the dog crying and he's lifting his feet, foot up. So missionary out of love lifted a dog and found out there was a thorn in his foot. In the, in the. So he removed that and he, he put the bandaid and he was healed. Weeks later, he heard at least four dogs were crying. So he opened the door. And the four dogs were lifting their foot because all had a thorn in their feet. That dog told that there is a man who can help you. True story. If the dog can convey the message, how much more we to other people. There are hurting people. They do not know where to go. When nobody reaches, they end up killing themselves, getting into drugs, and losing their life. The resurrection of Jesus Christ leaves us no choice than to tell who He is and what He can do. He is God Himself. Amazing grace, amazing God who has loved us with an everlasting love. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you very much for reminding us our high calling and our obligation. Christmas come and go Easter, come and go. But Lord, you leave us on our heart these imperatives that we must be sharer of God's good news to the hurting people. Help us, O oh God, that we may never lose the sight of whom we belong to and who our God is. Help us to live in him and glorify him. In our mortal body. Through our life, through our death, may Jesus Christ be praised and glorified. In his wonderful name we pray. Amen.